Teaching meditation can be a deeply rewarding experience. Help others improve their mental and emotional well-being, reduce stress, improve focus, increase self-awareness and self-regulation, all while deepening your own practice and understanding. Join acclaimed author, Buddhist teacher, and Emmy Award-winning musician David Nickturn on Tuesday, May 28th at 6 p.m. Eastern Time for a free online discussion on teaching meditation in Dharma Moon's renowned Mindfulness Meditation Teacher Training Program. Get certified by Dharma Moon to teach meditation, lead group practice sessions, and work with individual students. Visit dharmamoon.com slash be here now for more info and to reserve your spot for the free online event with David Nickturn on May 28th. I'm Rachel, the creative director for Ram Dass's Love Server Member Foundation, and I'd like to welcome you to our Inner Academy, a virtual Dharma hall where our family of wisdom teachers will help you navigate your daily life by bringing ancient wisdom into a modern context. With over 200 hours of audio and video teachings, meditations, and practices from teachers like Ram Dass, Krishna Das, Sharon Salzberg, Jack Kornfield, Roshi Joan Halifax, Joseph Goldstein, and many more, the Inner Academy is your core resource for finding balance, presence, and navigating the ups and downs of your daily life. The Inner Academy has guidance for every step of your journey. Choose from an annual or monthly membership and gain access to past and future courses, retreat replays, virtual community, and much more. If you've been familiar with Love Server Member Foundation for a while, you'll know that most of our offerings are given freely or on a sliding scale basis. So when you subscribe to the Inner Academy, you're paying it forward and bolstering our ability to continue creating accessible offerings for all in the future, as Ramdas wished for us to do. Be here now and start your journey with Ramdas's Inner Academy today. For more, visit ramdas.org forward slash Inner Academy. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to the Metta Hour with Sharon Salzberg, where Buddhist wisdom meets everyday life. This podcast is brought to you by the Be Here Now Network and features interviews with the top leaders, teachers, and thinkers of the mindfulness movement and beyond. For more information, visit BeHereNowNetwork.com backslash Sharon. Hi, I'm Sharon Salzberg, and I'm here today with two very close friends, Mirabai Bush and Raghu Marcus. We've gathered together just a, a little bit of time after the passing of our beloved friend Ramdas. We're, of course, all feeling the loss of such a close friend, and so many in our community are grieving the loss of their teacher. So I thought it would be really good to come together, both to honor and remember Ramdas, but also to talk about how we walk through this moment. Mirabai Bush and Raghu Marcus, if you don't know them, are both longtime board members of Love Serve Remember, the nonprofit that houses Ram Dass's teachings. Mirabai also recently co-wrote the book, Walking Each Other Home, 
Conversations on Loving and Dying with Ramdas, which was released in 2018. So thank you both for, for joining me in what a moment in time. Really? So Mirva, I know the, the exact time you first met Ramdas because <laughs> I was there. So maybe we'll start with you and then uh, I'll turn it over to you, Raghu. So at the time you were Linda. I was. Yeah. <laughs> Linda Thurston. <laughs> um, I was, and it was in Bodh Gaya in India. Actually, I met you like a few days before mm -hmm. by chance on the street in New Delhi. And now people say, how could that have happened? Right. You know? Well, this is all pre-internet. Yeah, I know. know. So yeah, it really was. Everything was, was that way. Exactly. <laughs> so we just bumped into each other. We'd actually been at the same school, but we didn't know each other there. But we'd heard about each other, I think, or something. Anyhow, we met, and you told me that there was going to be this first meditation retreat for Westerners. And um, I... I hadn't really gone to India to learn meditation. I just was wandering the world trying to make sense out of the, the terrible state that the United States was in at that time with the Vietnam War and civil rights. And, and uh, But I thought, well, I'm in India. That might be cool. <laughs> so I went. And um, it, that day when we both arrived in Bodh Gaya, I remember seeing just outside the walls of the um, Vihara or the monastery, there was this group of guys talking, and uh, they were very animated, and they were all already wearing long, flowing white clothes. <laughs> and um, I was, I think, in my hippie clothes from Istanbul, you know. <laughs> and um, uh, I, they looked really incredible that my first thought was like these biblical images of the um, apostles, you know. So I went closer to hear what was going on. And what I heard was Ramdas, who was one of these people, um, trying to decide how many cookies he should buy uh, <laughs> before we went into the retreat because there wouldn't be any sweets. <laughs> And then I thought, everything's going to be okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then you and I and Joseph Goldstein and so Krishnadas and so many others, um, we sat in meditation for a few months. Yeah. And uh, our lives were changed forever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm. And then, Raghu, you know, um, when I read Parvati's book, you'll have to remind me of the name of it. Love, Love everyone. everyone. Love everyone. Thank yeah. you. Um, I I was really struck by, uh, you know, I mean, what I just said to Mirabai is is so true. There was no internet in those days, which would be a natural way you'd find out. Oh, there's this great teacher, you know, <laughs> down the street, or you know, in the other part of India. And it's like it was all the happenstance of of the the magic of how you found out and who you found out from. But in reading that book, I I thought about. The radio, which was like the radical right. way <laughs> of that time. And and that's how you first encountered Ramdas, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. They wanted, uh, and, you know, it wasn't the internet, but we did have 50,000 watts behind us there in that <laughs> station in Montreal. So it did had real reach for sure. 
but they wanted me to announce that uh, Ramdas was giving a lecture at McGill University in Montreal, and I didn't know I had never heard that name before. You had your own show, and, is that what it was? Well, I was running the station. I okay. was the program director, and I had a show on the weekends. Uh, but uh, so it would have been up to me. That's why they sent it to me to say yay or nay in terms of the uh, DJs actually um, promoting it. So uh, I just said, well, I love Leary and Alpert, but send me a tape. And they sent a tape over, and then it's just my story is everyone's story. Those words, those words just got deep inside, and I recognized them as. Uh, just uh, in a way, a, a, a trust that was nuts because I never met this person. I never heard him uh, before. And then I went out and I said, oh, I got to meet this guy. And I went out and he was staying in uh, Montreal in a duplex. And uh, he was actually staying with, uh, of course, old time satsang and close friends of ours. And my first wife, Parvati Marcus, who wrote this book and Rod Abound of all things, which I didn't find out till later. But anyhow, I, he opened the door and let me in. And I've been saying this, I've been telling this story often related to the movie that we've done around Ram Dass called Becoming Nobody. And it, it was my reference point to what that really means. Because in the moment that I met Ram Dass, he put Richard Alpert aside, he put Ram Dass aside, and, you know, we all know this. Anybody who's ever encountered him where he just encounters you with his eyes and it's like there is no one else in the universe, just you. And he is completely embracing and giving full attention to you. So that to me was the uh, shining example of becoming nobody. He did that from the that first second that I met him and he did it till the last second when just a few weeks mm -hmm. ago when I left Maui and his he just became extraordinarily present in a way that was like just a overwhelming experience of unconditional love really mm. and uh, so that was his uh, that's his legacy throughout his life he's done that for i mean i am as in my role as a director of love server member foundation i am seeing the mail coming in the emails and and regular mail and it's extraordinary just how many people are mm -hmm. just, I owe him everything. And it's mm. the same thing I say. Uh, mm. Just for what he gave was was so profound. So what year was so this many. that you met him? I know uh, I was called Linda Mirabeyer <laughs> in January of 1971. <laughs> yeah, so for me, 6970 winter, uh, just something like that yeah i think uh, the beginning of 70 probably was exactly the date um and uh as a result of then playing tapes of ramdas on the station all, it was a free form station we so we could do what we wanted um and uh many many people from that area ended up uh some of them at the meditation course mm -hmm. actually and uh so uh, it, it it just it was a seeing into the future for me in terms of what I'd be doing as well, because uh, I'm doing what I was doing then. Now I'm doing the same thing, which is just sharing Ramdas and all of the teachers that we've been associated with and close to for all of these years. Now, of course, through the uh, vehicle of uh, 
the magic of the web. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was uh, quite a meeting for me in that moment. Mm. Well, Mirabai, uh, now thinking about this book, which will have been Ramdas's last book, perhaps, unless <laughs> Raghu <laughs> takes the archives of something and makes another No, no, book. no, no. Mm. He's going to, no, there, he had been working on with uh, Ramesh Radas uh, for years. They have been working on a memoir, and that oh. will be coming mm. out at the beginning of 2021. Okay, so mm. nearby the penultimate book, perhaps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking of Trunk Rinpoche, where they seem still yes. writing yeah, from right. the grave, right. you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And and so death was the topic and and uh from a lot of different angles I'm sure. So did you write about grief in that? We did. We wrote about grief and grieving and I just reread that section today. And you know everything that he said and that we said there it works. <laughs> I, that's good to know. <laughs> I had I had grieved um, several people since yeah. we wrote the book. Yeah. Several good friends have died, and um, but of course this was the biggest one. And um, and I just Ramdas knew so much about grieving. I didn't know so much. I had, but by when I wrote the book, I hadn't known that many people who died, but. He really understood it, and mainly he understood that it's different for everybody. It takes its own time. You've got to give yourself space to do it. And then at a certain point, the grief leaves and the open space is open for love, and that's Mm -hmm. when Mm -hmm. another level of being of that person being really present for Mm -hmm. you happens. Um, I mean, the grieving is a function of love, um, um, but uh, it changes over time. And he's, I mean, even in this last week, I watch it change, you know. So, yeah, he's, he was, you know, I, when we started writing the book, I went back and read Be Here Now, which, as you remember, came out while we were in that monastery. It was one copy of it. Now in these days of, of, you know, limitless copies of everything, the idea that there was one copy in a box, and then (laughs) um, we had to pass it around. um, But I went back to it when I was writing this book with him, and I read what he had said there on dying. It's amazing. It was all there. It was all there. Mm. His his knowing of it, his holding it, his him personally like living it and his body changed, of course, over the years and especially after his stroke. But the words were all there from the beginning. Qu- quite wow. amazing. Wow. Yeah. Mm. Wow, that is amazing. Don't you I, I just want to interject something cuz you you were talking about grief and and after, uh, at a certain point, you have to let it be and just be in it. And at a certain point, it uh, you start to come out of it. And love is the profoundness of the love that one shared with the departed person is uh, much more self-evident. Um, I, 
I guess I've been experiencing uh, somewhat, uh, not somewhat, very specifically what Ramdas used to talk about all the time. You can live, we as humans can be on more than one plane at the same time. And uh, I have been experiencing, of course, the the grief and so much, uh, it's such an accumulation of of, uh, of of time with Ramdas in so many different ways, from being in India back in the day when we followed him back there, uh, to this most recent time when he's been in Maui, and um, and there is a way in which I'm feeling both things. I wouldn't say simultaneously, but but in in a way that they're they're not so separate. It's a kind of a funny feeling, actually. And I, I haven't. I think it's. I just because he was so um, he was so ready. I mean, we talked about this, and of course, Mirabai, you, you did that whole book and talked about it with him more than anyone. But we did talk to him about it. You know, I spent a month with him in the summer, and and we did spend time talking about this. And and in fact, we talked a little bit about it uh, in reference to the psychedelic trips that he's taken over his life, and and how Richard Alpert would get eradicated, and how what that meant to him in that moment, uh, and what it means to him in these moments, uh, as it was just months before he left. What do you think, Sharon, mm-hmm. particularly about the the reality of going through grief and then at the same time? really feeling the depth of the of the love of that person who who um, more of the true self that you're you know you're really connecting to well i mean i think you know the just like mirabai said the grief is a sign of the love but it as the kind of state of you know being shattered or the sense of loss is is maybe the most overwhelming thing at times but then we touched something different. Actually, you, Rock, you gave me my map in a way. Um, as as you know, I think uh, many people know, I've been spending some time lately in, in communities of people affected by gun violence. And um, I can remember watching, I was watching the um, live stream of something where uh, this man, Fred Gutenberg, who lost his daughter at Parkland, uh, mm. was speaking, and he said, um, actually, Joe Biden gave him the map mm. uh, after he lost his daughter. He said, look for meaning every day. And mm. he said, that's how I survive. You know, and so his his expression of meaning, I mean, many mm-hmm. of the parents have foundations for their kids. So in his case, his daughter was a dancer, so there are dance scholarships. And then, of course, there's gun laws. Um, and, you know, look for meaning like and he said that's the map. Yeah. And uh I remember when uh when I found out Ramdas had died, I went next door to my friend, my colleague Joseph Goldstein. We live in the duplex to tell him, but Mirabai was on the phone with him already. <laughs> so he looked up at me and he said, Ramdas died. And I said, Well, I know. <laughs> that's why I came over here, you know. So he put her on speakerphone and then as soon as she hung up, you Ragu called and he put you on speakerphone and <laughs> And you said something in that conversation like uh, he was serving people till his last breath. Mm. You know, he was taking care. Yeah. He was thinking of other people yes, till was. his last yep. breath. And I thought, okay, that's my map. 
Mm. You know, that's my inspiration. That's great. That's great. Um, Yeah. Every day. Yeah. You know, know, when I asked him about, we did a section on regrets and letting go before you die, you know. And um, I asked him if he had any regrets, and I thought he was going to say, as he would have or did in the past, like, oh, no, that's psychological. I don't have regrets, you know. Um, But he didn't say that. He said, yeah, I have two. The first is that whenever I start talking about Ram Dass, I talk in that really slow voice, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Lots of pauses. <laughs> um, he said the first was, the first is that I regret not being able to be a vehicle for Maharaji's teachings anymore. And that was very sweet to put it that way, you know? And then he said, um, and I regret that my death is going to make a lot of people sad, and I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I, I just, I know in the past many times he would say, especially around goodbyes, he said, ah, you know, don't waste your time being sad. You know, we'll see each other again or we won't, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it was very tender, Yeah. Here's something else for everybody's map. It just you just said something that triggered me. Um, I was, uh, I mean, you guys know that uh, I spend time in India a lot and and spend time with this uh, a jungle Baba. And uh, somebody asked him a question about loved ones departing and how to handle it, and talking about grief and just what we're talking about right now. And uh, he said, you know, you got to be kind and tell your soul and in hindi the expression is fear malenge we will meet again Mm. (laughs) it's okay we will meet again and i just love that that's been my um, mantra here since uh, Mm. one of them since ramdas left we will meet again in the soul pod yeah yeah well for many people like myself, for example, uh, unlike for the two of you, uh, you know, I never met his guru, Neem Kareli Baba, in the body. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so when you say Ramdas had some regret about not being able to transmit or yeah. help people, it, it's such a powerful moment in time, given that so many people have been influenced by. Yeah. His guru never having met him, and now there's a legacy. Yes, of course. Yeah. 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 Yes. And uh, just just to say, of course, he's completely wrong. He was wrong, and <laughs> <laughs> the reality is, it is all it is all happening and and moving forward. We are part of the inundation. Is how do we continue to share mm-hmm. with you all? And uh, Ramdas will be shared for a, a, <laughs> a long time to come, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's such a the thought of a legacy is such a strange thought because one just lives one's life, you know, and there's there's like that immediate sense of, um, you know, I was at Ramdas's house once when he was living in California and with Joseph and a bunch of people, and he was like, not answering the phone. I'm not going to see anybody but you guys. We're just going to 
spend this time together. And then he got a message, you know, and it was the answering machine days. And <laughs> right. So everyone could hear this this <laughs> message. It was coming through. Hi, I got your number. You don't know me. And, uh, you know, and I'm I'm really sad and nothing's working. And I just don't know if it's worth living. And his hand went out. He picked up that <laughs> phone. <you know? laughs> and, and he had a conversation with somebody. Mm. And... Um, it was kind of this remarkable moment in time where you just thought, okay, you know, yeah. he's he's going to be completely responsive. And and it's been so interesting for me. Like I was home in Barry, Mass. when I heard he died. And then I was uh, working on my taxes <laughs> on my desktop <laughs> computer for days. <laughs> death and taxes. And uh, <laughs> the notifications kept coming into my desktop. Oh. CNN, Ramdas, Eastern Guru dies. You know, and it was just like um, to see even vaguely just the the reach of his influence. And, you know, because I just knew him in that personal way. Yeah. You know, not yeah. the foundation or. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, especially over the years at um, Center for Contemplative Mind, where we were introducing for the first time uh, contemplative practices to all kinds of professionals, lawyers and judges and business CEOs and uh, journalists. Um, and um, so I meet people who seemed t completely into their role as a leader of something in, in society, you know. And um, so often people would say, often they would come up to me privately and say, <laughs> Ramdas changed my life. Yeah. Sometimes I realized I had the thought, he maybe didn't quite change it enough. <laughs> 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 no, but there, um, just, it always was amazing to me wherever I would go. And um, yeah, he touched so many people. Really amazing. Mm. You know, um, the way that he, uh, Sharon, you were talking about him just stopping and somebody yeah, called. Yeah. The way that he did that all the time is really staggering when you, when you think it goes back to this becoming nobody concept of putting yourself aside in service for somebody else. But I remember once uh, in L.A., I was, you know, after the stroke and I was wheeling him. He had done a little something at uh, an event for a couple of days. And I was wheeling him, and I, uh, yeah, wheeling the the wheelchair, and I saw that he was he was tired, right? Mm -hmm. He had been up there for a couple of hours, and he was tired, and so I got into my, I'm going to get him through this crowd and up to his room like now, <laughs> and, uh, right? And I can those, imagine you guys know me, and, and <laughs> you can imagine it's right. <laughs> so, um, so I'm I'm pushing the wheelchair. And suddenly somebody comes out and and just you can see the depth of uh, how much they just wanted to connect with him just for a moment. And I'm uh, sorry, uh, he's got to go up to his room and I'm pushing Ramdas slammed on the brake. <laughs> Look back at me like, shut up <laughs> and stop. And he stopped for this person and just gave everything in that moment mm -hmm. and 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 we've seen it how many times have we seen it at these retreats in, in maui with oh, him yeah. yeah right where Absolutely. The, yeah we're trying to clear the way but he will not do that yeah and yeah. and talk about to the last breath mm -hmm. um 
I'm not kidding. So before we do, uh, everybody uh, out there who doesn't know, we do a, a mala ceremony we have done with Ram Das. And he, uh, over the years, he's given a mala out to every person, three, four hundred people in the retreat and, and completely embraces them. Every person, sometimes I mean physically embracing, not just with his eyes. And so uh, as he had gotten a little bit more fragile, we convinced him this past time, okay, so you'll just stay up on, you know, you'll be up on the stage and you'll bless everybody, but uh, you won't be giving a mall at everybody because you just don't have that kind of energy anymore. And he said, okay, all right. You know, he, he acquiesced gr- begrudgingly. Mm-hmm. So the thing's about to start. I'm I'm down there with him before he's going to go up on stage, and he's but he's in the front, and he's going to bless the malas, which was the plan. And he s- turns to me and he goes, "So I'm going to give them out to everybody, right?" I go, "No, <laughs> you're not giving them out. You know, like I'm his dad or something. You can't do that. We already discussed this. What's wrong with you?" And he looked at me. He pursed his lips, and he looked at me like a small child being chastised that he couldn't have his chocolate, <laughs> you know, couldn't have his ice cream. And his ice cream was being being able to be with every person in that place mm-hmm. and give everything he had. And uh, that's who he is. <laughs> there was a, I don't know if you heard this story, Sharon, yet, but it, during the retreat also earlier, he couldn't really speak much at all during the retreat. So, but he wanted to be up there this day. And so... We decided what he could do was lead his favorite meditation, I Am Loving Awareness. So, it was, and it was the end of a session, and so he led I Am Loving Awareness over and over. And then finally he fell silent, and his head kind of dropped down. And, uh, and we were there in silence for a while. And then I said, to, I was sitting next to him, so I said, Ramdas, everyone has to... Um, go to lunch now, is there anything that you want to say before, um, or you want us to say before, uh, before they go? And he, he pulled his head up, and he had this, that mischievous smile on his face, and he lifted up his hand, his one hand that works, and he gave this little wave, and there were 400 people in the place, and every person spontaneously waved back. Oh, it was so great. And mm. then he waved again. <laughs> so he did it like three or four times. And then at the end, he said, Conducting a symphony of love. Oh, <laughs> great. Mm. That's so beautiful. It was. Yeah. <laughs> That's so beautiful. I mean, one of the things that Oh, it struck me after Ramdas had the stroke, which was what ninety seven, nineteen ninety seven. Was um, you know, if you watch like in this most recent movie, uh, which had a lot of footage pre-stroke, um, his superpower was really words. You yes. know, his articulation was mm. beyond um, imagination. It was really like a golden tongue, and then. And then he had the stroke, and it was such a struggle to find the words. And and I thought, he got up there anyway. Yeah. You know, he didn't, like, hide away or, yeah. you know, say, well, I've lost it now. You know, mm. I'm, I'm a yeah. 
fraction of what I once was. You know, I can't appear in front of people. It was like he was just out there and there was – it yeah. didn't feel like he was embarrassed or, you know. And as you know, yeah. both yeah. of you, you know, being on the stage with him when there'd be one of those pauses and you knew damn well what he was trying to say and it was so tempting just to <laughs> provide the word, you know, and you know, I can't do that. That's oh, yeah. quietly. Yeah, you know, yeah. find it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that reminds me. He, he um, yeah, he hated that when you and we we stopped doing that like about a minute after the stroke. <laughs> so, but um, so we were writing a part about aging in the book, and so I asked him. I said, "Do you feel old?" And he said, "No, I I identify with my soul. I don't feel old. I feel eternal." But he said. Um, but yesterday when we were on that phone conversation, I was being interviewed by a journalist, and a friend of mine was on the call too. And when I would stop for words, she would finish the sentence. And, she, and he said, that made me feel old. Mm. And, and I said, but, but you, how, do you, how do you usually feel? And he said, <laughs> he said, I feel fucking rad. <laughs> and just the day before, he had someone had said that he thought Ramdas was fucking rad, and Ramdas had to ask his caregivers. You know, what does that mean? <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> and then it became part of his vocabulary in twenty-four hours. That's fantastic. <laughs> Well, Raghu, you run this network. Can we use that word? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, no <laughs> FCC problems. I, I no, nope. he's in charge. It. It's okay. He's in charge. <laughs> if Raghu says this is okay, it's okay. Yeah, we're okay. Um, all of all of what uh, we're talking about right now, and what you're pointing out, uh, when you say he did not have any qualms about mm -hmm. getting up there, even though he had a fraction of the ability to express. That he used to, and so I think courage uh, comes mm. into this big time. I mean, Ramdas was has such a huge, courageous heart and undefended heart, and he was not going. He was not going to hide away ever. And uh, this is, uh, and at the same time, though, he was absolutely honest mm -hmm. about everything. Um, like he would. You know, sometimes he would get mad or at people who were wanting to help him and uh, in any way, even if it was just eating food or whatever it may be. And he'd get angry and he would talk about how it was so difficult to surrender to having people take care of him. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. You know, all the way through, uh, all the way through, you know, he'd give you that look, okay, keep yourself, keep your hand out of this, okay. And uh, he, uh, one time at a retreat, uh, again, I was pushing the wheelchair, and it was on the big island, Mirabai, I can't remember. Oh, yeah. Anyhow, uh, we had to go from, he had a house uh, that was just next door to another house which had the kitchen so he'd come up there to eat and so we, we, it was it was dark or something and i was pushing the wheelchair this is just terrible i don't know why i'm thinking about it uh on, on the path but um i went off the uh, stone um and and it it kind of hit, like hit a rut 
he went flying out of the wheelchair. Oh, my God. Onto the oh, it's like a nightmare. <laughs> yeah. And he looked at me. And he said, Are you really serious? That, you know, wait till you're this. Wait till you're in wow. this thing, okay? <laughs> <laughs> he was really out of mm. um, But um, so uh, to, I guess, right next to courage when you speak about Ram Dass and, and his legacy is, of course, humor. And we had a big laugh about that one. I'll tell you mm. that. <laughs> mm. That's pretty great. Well, I'm also struck by, um, like, at the time of his death, it seemed to me from, from what I gathered that so many of you, his oldest and closest friends, not quite all of you, but so many of you had just left. Mm -hmm. yeah. Probably not a coincidence. I'm sure not. Yeah. And, yeah. and it, it's kind of... Uh, There's so many stories yeah. about people yeah. dying, you know, when their beloveds leave the room for 20 minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. It's hard to break away when yeah. people who love you so yeah. much are there. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. It's, it was very striking, you know, that... Was you yeah. left like five days before? Or yeah. Something like that. yeah, yeah, yeah. And we knew, we yeah. knew. I mean, all uh, just seeing that body that which had become so skeletal, and yeah, and how difficult everything was, and how much pain it was in, um, and yet, you know, like the last moment when I just had this moment of, of tsunami of, of unconditional love that just w went beyond our personalities that's for sure and i walked out of there and i and i look back and i go and i wasn't thinking that with that momentous event and how i knew how uh, you know how fragile he was i wasn't thinking why didn't i turn around and say wait i don't have to go anywhere right now you know of course this is monday morning quarterback kind of stuff but and the reality is uh, whoever was supposed to be there was perfect in that moment but yeah most of us left yeah, but, you know, we thought so many times over the yeah. years that he couldn't go on, you know. Yeah. And in the spring, we really thought he was dying. I I had never done this. I jumped on a plane like eight hours after I heard that he was dying and went to Maui and got there, and it really seemed like he was dying. He was in the bed. He was so pale, and he was just um, breathing in a strange way, and... Then they gave him some, I forget if they changed his meds or they gave him um, saline solution, something for some hours. And um, he, so then the next morning, he came down to breakfast. Mm. And so I it's so said. so nice of you to visit me nearby. <laughs> I said, Ramdas. I, I just got this, I, said, I just got a text from Zach Leary, Tim's son. I said, uh, he wants to know how you are. What should I tell him? He said, tell him, tell him I was dying and I changed my mind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think right. you did. <laughs> yeah. That's probably true. <laughs> so we have a few minutes left together. Let's talk um, a little bit about legacy and I mean, it strikes me also when I think about people who got to know Neem Curly Baba, um, it was through people or it was through chanting, you know, and uh, there's there's a wealth of Ram Dass material, you know, 
like you can actually go to YouTube or something, and there are the books and uh, the recordings and everything you're doing, Raghu, to um, keep this alive. So as well as there being a sense of lineage, and, and the lineage is very rich. One of the postings on Facebook I liked the most from Dasima, who was like his long-term caregiver, was, you know, once uh, Ramdas had died and they were doing pujas and prayers and she said, we've had a Tibetan lama and a Franciscan monk and a rabbi and a Sufi master and, <laughs> you know, and this whole long list of, of various people uh, come by. Um, but this is a time when, you know, in addition to the kind of lived reality of the way someone affects other people and the way they then carry that out, there is actually a body of teaching that can be accessed very directly. So it's a very special opportunity as well. Yeah, and again, I think I mentioned it earlier when we first started chatting here, the a tremendous amount of uh, people wanting to know how it is that they can continue or we can continue to share in, in sangha, satsang, community. And uh, so this is, of course, the most, uh, to me, the most important part of the legacy is what Ramdas created when he came back from India the first time in 68 mm -hmm. and started giving those talks and how people came together around that, how people came together. His, the model was how we would go uh, to his father's farm uh, and, uh, you know, spend weekends there and, and get together and, and do all the different kinds of practices that he was engaging in and he brought back from Sufi dancing to chanting, meditation, all of it. And how that uh, continued through the decades in many different venues from uh, what he did uh, uh, at Omega and, and places like that. Um, and, and then it continued after the stroke when he finally moved to Maui. And of course, we've been doing those retreats there a couple of times a year. And now, uh, and we've been doing them in the more recent years in Ojai, California, where uh, Love Serve, remember, is uh, located at this point. Um, so that is the most important thing that, um, that we can fulfill as, as a foundation and representing this uh, vast amount of teachings. And by the way, there are not just Ramdas. There are all of us that have been mm -hmm. uh, working with him. You know, you've been with him, as you just described, since those days in, in Bodh Gaya and mm -hmm. Jack and, and Joseph and, and all of us. So um, that uh, is going to continue. And in fact, uh, you know, Ramdas, one of the things that really... Uh, a number of years ago, he said, well, let's make sure that these teachings and this legacy um, and Maharaji is made available on platforms that next generation are used to going to and will go to and be able to participate. And of course, that's when the whole thing with uh, everything we're doing from Ramdas.org to BeHereNowNetwork.com, which this podcast is uh, emanating from. Um, the movie, the books, and uh, all of it come together and uh, can be shared 
in a way, in, in many different ways. In, in what we do in Maui at these retreats that we do there, we're going to continue to do those with, with you all, <laughs> everybody. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and we'll probably go and uh, these immersions will be done where we use Ram Dass's media to, uh, to form a centerpiece around which we, uh, everybody participates, the Dharma teachers and, and, and the students that come. And that, those will happen around the country as well. And, um, and I guess I, I want to just say, since you brought this up, uh, Sharon, mm-hmm. that we are going to have a moment that uh, Mirabai is going to lead us on uh, January 22nd, a moment of presence of being here now, honoring Ramdas, and uh, so that'll be kind of the forerunner of the kinds of things that we will continue to do uh, to enable all of us being able to get together and share in satsang, which is there isn't any more core message of Ramdas's than that. Beautiful, thank you, Mirabai. Any last words well, for the um, moment? Legacy core message what i think is think of is at the last retreat i was wearing a t-shirt made by great people at uh, black lotus rising you know them mm-hmm. and uh it said love is my legacy mm. and mm. that sums it up for me that's beautiful <laughs> yeah well thank you both so much for for joining me today and for all of your tremendous work and love uh, to learn more about Ramdas's teachings and life, you can visit www.ramdass.org. And thank you to all of you who've been listening. This has been the Meta Hour podcast, which Raghu, by the way, originated from the <laughs> Be Here Now network. <laughs> may you be safe, may you be healthy, may you be happy, and may you live with ease. Hey, folks, thanks for listening. To learn more about Sharon and her ongoing teaching schedule, as well as online courses and a free guided meditation, check out her website at SharonSalzberg.com.